Hey everyone, this is George Soto and you're watching Startups Unedited. Hey everyone, this is George Soto and you're watching Startups Unedited. Today I'm with co-founder and CEO of Outro, which is a fantastic referral automation platform out of Salt Lake City. Bubba, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. You're CEO of this great company. So uh, it always means a lot to us in the audience. Tell us a little bit about your professional background and, you know, how'd you get actually into sales and startups? For sure. I mean, I was doing sales when I was a little kid. It feels like I was selling rocks to my neighbors or something, right? Um, but uh, really, I got started my very first company while I was in college. We imp imported office furniture from Taiwan and we just sold them all across the country. And uh, I was able to sell my ownership to my partners and move on to my next venture. Uh, got involved in another startup as the VP of sales and marketing. So sales has kind of always been a part of it. Um, about seven and a half years ago, started launchleads.com. And that's an outsourced SDR team, outsourced sales company. So essentially, we did sales for B2B software tech companies and set sales appointments for them. And the company's still around. I started in my living room, bootstrapped, no cash, didn't even take a salary for the first year. My wife is heaven sent and totally. <laughs> I'm surprised you still have your hair. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Right? Well, that's why I wear a hat. <laughs> my forehead is starting to become a five head. So, uh, but honestly, so it's been a blast. So that company, Launch Leads, actually led me to Outro. So Launch Leads, we do tons of cold calling. And I mean, we're talking like 6 million cold calls over this seven year time frame, And, uh, and I just thought there had to be an easier way. I mean, cold calling isn't necessarily going to go away tomorrow, but heck, if I could help to kill it just a little bit with referral automation, why not give it a shot? And, uh, and so that's really how outro came to be leveraged my years of, of experience at launchleads.com. Now outros helping salespeople and recruiters or hiring managers all over the country. Awesome. Well, I happen to know that the Salt Lake City startup community is absolutely exploding. There's so many great sort of B2B and SaaS uh, startups out there. Of course, Ken Krogh and those folks over at InsideSales.com, I think have, have been really influential in you know, certainly the SaaS tech sales marketing you know, space. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Salt Lake City startup ecosystem. Maybe if you have a, a couple favorite uh, startups yeah. over there. Well, so I've been in Salt Lake since 2000. I lived in San Francisco, the Bay Area, Walnut Creek, Concord. That's, oh, that's where I grew up. And I've been in Utah since 2000. That's when I came out to do college and, and uh, met my wife and I'll never leave again. We've got five kids, man. Wow, that's awesome. Five kids. I have a dog. <laughs> well, <laughs> well it's we, not even my dog. It's my roommate. We've got a dog, too. I should have brought a picture of my yellow lap, right? So, uh, so, yeah, so the Utah ecosystem is incredible. So I was lucky enough to take outro through the Techstars program in Boulder, Colorado, which is like another tech hotspot. And uh, I loved it there. I loved living there. It was so interesting, though. I'd wake up in the morning and walk to the office. And it was like I was in Utah, except for the mountains were just on the other side of the city. Because we literally share mountain ranges, right? The Rocky Mountains. And so Boulder and Salt Lake City have a ton in common where it's, they're both just tech hotspots. You've got a ton of startup uh, people in, you know, rocking and rolling. Utah in particular, 
and this is crazy to think about, but Utah is kind of known for the Mormon culture. So with Mormons, uh, like I went out and, and volunteered two years of my life to be a missionary. Yeah. So totally paid my own way. I went down to Brazil, learned how to speak Portuguese. God, I'm so jealous. About, the, you know, about Jesus, right? Loved my experience. It was incredible. Yeah. But you come back from that experience essentially having two years of sales training. I mean, you were selling the hardest thing ever. It's either politics or religion. Those are the hardest things to sell, right? And, uh, and so you come back as a sales machine, not even knowing it. And uh, also this Mormon culture teaches you to be self-reliant. And so entrepreneurs typically are trying to be self-reliant. So you have this like embedded culture over a hundred plus years of this culture that's been thriving with entrepreneurship. And uh, so anyway, you've got killer companies like InsideSales.com, like Domo, like Pluralsight, Vivint. Um, you've got Perch. All these companies are billion-dollar-plus startups. Qualtrics, like all these companies. Are Even Overstock was out there, right? I mean, they're based out there. Over, Omniture, I mean, a lot of great companies yeah. came out of Omniture that. Omniture that was sold to Adobe for $1.8 billion, right? I mean, and then Vivint was sold to Black, Blackstone for $2 billion. Like, so, I mean, we've got some major, major uh, movement going on. And the coolest thing is that when these companies either go public, like in structure, just went public, mm -hmm. right? Uh, these B2B enterprise companies, they go public or they get bought. It, it in turn creates hundreds of millionaires, so now you have these hundreds of millionaires that just spun out of these cool companies and they go do their own startups. And you, so you have repeat entrepreneurs who have money in the bank, who can put their own money towards a product and then go raise venture. So like my, my company launch leads, we bootstrap, no money, no cash, nothing. Outro, we've already raised 1.2 million. Yeah. And it's because I was a repeat entrepreneur who had experience in the sales space, specifically B2B. Yeah. And so, you know, it just helps you to have that experience and Utah is thriving. It's insane. And then we've got, what is it? Five universities within a, an hour range of each other where they're just pumping out developers like crazy. So we've got great tech talent and the cost of living is crazy cheap. Absolutely. And so I, I absolutely, that was sort of in terms of the, the, the Mormon culture and, and the training that is, really that you experience yeah. it's I've, I've heard a lot about that and it makes complete sense from for me from my perspective or to me rather I was a door-to-door -door salesperson for yeah. a long time I used to sell you know educational books and the the program was actually started back in the days of the civil war when the soldiers were coming back and they were trying to figure out how to pay for college and how to get acclimated uh, or reintroduced to society. And so this organization, the Southwestern Company, which was based out of Nashville, they used to sell Bibles door to door, and then they ended up ex uh, expanding the product offering. So, you know, I, I absolutely know what that training is like. And, and I couldn't even imagine trying to sell, you know, you know, a, a thought process or religion or, you know, which is such an, you know, deep, deep part of who we are as, as people. Let's talk a little bit about what it's like to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. What is the truth, man? Like we hear so it's many things. hard. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that. What, yeah. what part is so hard? So, so here's, here's the irony is I write for Inc. as a contributor. So I write about being a startup CEO. I write about entrepreneurship. I write about B2B and sales, all that stuff related. 
And Inc. is a phenomenal publication, but literally all you do is read the headlines. It's like, so-and-so raised $10 million, and this company is $100 million, and these guys are incredible, and they got bought by Facebook, and these guys. And all it does is show these highlights when, in return, you have millions, and I'm talking millions of startup founders who completely fail and lose all of their money, and they waste years of their life trying to build something that doesn't go anywhere. And so if you think about it truth, truthfully, the majority of the, of the entrepreneurs in the United States are what I call, what people call lifestyle entrepreneurs. Now there's lifestyle entrepreneurs and there's growth entrepreneurs. Now I put them at the same level because there's not a better one. There's none that's better than the other. They're just different. And so you have lifestyle entrepreneurs who are the ones who are gonna create a great business that produces cash flow for them to live a great life. So that's a consultant, that's a landscape company, that's a dentist, a doctor. Like, you know, these guys or gals are creating value in cash and they might even make, you know, 500K a year, a million bucks a year um, in profit with their business. So they're loving life. They're the ones with all the toys and the, the dirt bikes and the trucks and whatever, the boats. Then you have a growth entrepreneur, and a growth entrepreneur sees business a little bit differently. And they just say, look, I want to swing for the fences. I don't want to just create a business that's going to serve my family well and let me take longer vacations, which if you think about it, sounds pretty freaking awesome, right? But for whatever thing is in their head, it makes them think they've got to go massive and got to go big because that's what all the publications are telling us to do. So you read Entrepreneur, you read Inc., you read Fast Company, all these, all these publications are saying, go big, go, go do a billion dollar business. If you're not a unicorn, you're not anything. And what confirms these feelings are when startup founders go to talk to investors. And you know, now that I've raised money, I get it. It's like they don't want to invest in you if you can't become a billion dollar company. So if you think about it, it's, it's so counterintuitive because – most entrepreneurs' goals in life is to like get to a certain financial position where they can totally say, all right, I've made it. Now I can do whatever I want with my life. But the reality is with the venture-backed entrepreneurs, they're going to change the world. And by changing the world, that means they're going to sacrifice a ton to be able to get to that level. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just completely different. And it's weird. It's ironic. I've done both. So I bootstrapped, launched leads, 35 employees, cash flowing, few million bucks a year. It's an awesome lifestyle. That's honestly, that's how I survive today. I don't even take a salary from Outro. So luckily I have that business that is cranking and helping customers all over the country. But then Outro, whatever got stuck in my head, I, I actually had written a goal um, in college that I wanted to start and run a venture back startup. That was like a goal I had. And so I have this list of life goals. That was one of them. I had to go do it. And so now that I'm in the thick of it, I'll be honest, it's freaking hard. My last business, I was able to, now I didn't take a salary for the first year. So I luckily had a, a loving wife who allowed us to live off of her income. Which I think is really, 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 really important. I mean, people forget how important having that support infrastructure is. I mean, for me, it wasn't a wife yet. Knock on wood, maybe I'll find someone that, uh, uh, that will not mind procreating with me, but uh, <laughs> I always have a joke around that. Anyways, all my friends watching the show know 
my, my kind of my humor. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, for me, it was my mother and my father, and they're still very supportive. And they were early investors in my web businesses back in the day before, um, you know, it was cool. And so I completely get it. Yeah. And, and that essentially I had to have that because I couldn't support myself. Every dollar that came in at that early stage of the business went straight out to my employees. And so I literally didn't get anything. And, and then when I did start taking a paycheck um, after that first year, it was barely enough to survive, barely enough. And then each year it gradually got better and better as the business got larger and larger and, and created more profit. So anyway, pretty interesting way to go. Awesome. Well, Bubba, thank you so much for joining us today. If you had, let's say, one tip to give an early stage founder who's like yourself, who's non-technical, but who has this idea for a software company, what's the first or the next step they should take rather to take action towards building a business? Just one next step to get off the couch and go, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah, it's the process that I love to follow. You sell first, then design and build. So don't go build your app necessarily. Don't go spend a hundred thousand bucks and go get a loan and go get your parents to give you money. Just go and sell your idea, your concept, your product, your whatever first to non friends, people who don't know you. If they're willing to give you money for something that isn't create designed or built yet, then you probably know you've got something sell, design, build. Awesome. Bubba, thank you so much. What's your uh, Twitter handle? Where can folks find out more about you and and your company? Bubba Page. So B-U-B-B-A-P-A-G-E is Twitter handle. Just search Bubba Page on LinkedIn. Love to connect with you guys. I'm a huge fan and I want to help the community as much as I can. Awesome. Well, have a great day. Thank you so much. You got it. Thanks, man.